Hello, and welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. We're bringing together the best gaming leaders from across the Nordic region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Melanie, and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the gaming industry. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Today I'm joined by Magnus, Elena and Ricardus. Uh, but before we delve deeper into the topic, uh, let's just work our way around the room uh, for you guys to introduce yourselves to the people. So, uh, Ricardus, if you would like to start. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for inviting. Uh, I'm Ricardus from Lithuania, uh, from Lithuanian Game Developers Association. I'm in the games industry for, I don't know, 20 years, uh, was a journalist for many years, uh, community manager, social manager, events manager, and right now, yeah, building building a community of developers here. Lovely. Elena? Hi, everyone. My name is Elena. Uh, thank you for having me on this, on this podcast. I've been working in the games industry for, I would say, 15 years, soon, in May. Uh, it's, it's the anniversary. Uh, most of the, the time I've been working uh, at Ubisoft, uh, focusing on, on recruitment and everything related to, to talent. Um, at the moment, I am Senior Manager Talent Acquisition for Massive Entertainment, Ubisoft Studio, based in Malmo Suite. Lovely, lovely. And then finally, Magnus. Hello, everyone. I'm Magnus. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I've been working for a long time in the gaming industry. Before I joined where I am today, I worked for almost nine years in EA in different type of roles. I started out as a developer and I've been a tech lead, tech architect, manager, development director. So I've been had many different roles before I started where I am currently today, but, which is Meg Interactive, where I have my role is here is uh, head of production. Cool. So now we know who you guys are, um, let's move on to the topic we're talking about today. So everyone has a question on the recruitment challenges in gaming. Um, as usual, we'll work around the room. Everyone will ask their question, give context to their question, and then everyone will get the chance to give their take on the situation. So if we can start with Magnus and your question, please, sir. Yes. This is a question that I have heard as long as I have been professional developer, I think. And that is, why do people outside the gaming industry think it's hard or almost impossible to get into the industry? Is that a myth or truth? Ricardas, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, thanks. That's a very, very cool question and very interesting topic to, to handle. Um, I think uh, I think it's you know it's several reasons and depending depending on uh, on, on on which side you, you see it from uh, I would guess it's because games are combined uh, combined you know industry of art and tech so like the tech people think okay uh, I cannot go in here because this is your kind of art form you know cultural cultural creative industry so I'm you know don't have any any knowledge about that and you know and the art people think that okay this is tech industry <laughs> i don't have any tech skills 
so I cannot go into into that. So that would be like my first kind of guess, uh, kind of generalizing what, what could people think. But uh, you know, going going a bit uh, a bit deeper, I, f- I think people see it uh, at least at least here, uh, and I guess in around in smaller countries maybe people see it as a closed industry in the sense that uh, kind of people already know each other, and uh, it's you know. Uh, you basically have to know someone to get in in the industry. Sometimes we, we get this feedback that okay, we should be more open in that sense, especially to other uh, people from other industries. But uh, in in recent in recent time, it's getting better. I mean, we we, we get we keep tracking of you know uh, people who are coming to our you know events and and uh, other initiatives. So usually it's like we were very glad when it's like one third. Uh, or even uh, sometimes even half of, of people are coming from 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 different industries, not from gaming. So sometimes from movies, sometimes from advertising, from animation, and you know the tech guys come from yeah fintech, uh, startup, uh, startup all these uh, areas or general IT or telecommunications. So it, it's getting better, but it's still I agree that we have still this uh, image of uh, a bit you know strange industry and hard to hard to get in and hard to figure out how to get in um i would say i would say that it is truth it is a truth it's not necessarily a myth um and for me there are a couple of different different uh things here uh of course um my career in the games industry has been in AAA, where we work with extremely you know um you know, big brands, big games. And of course, there are specificities about what it's needed and how you can contribute on, on this, which I believe that it makes it harder to just jump in from outside the industry. This is one aspect. Um, I would say that we became much better at hiring from outside the industry for some specific roles. Uh, for example, uh, entry-level roles in project management or not necessarily only entry-level in programming, in tech. Um and also, I was also reflecting a bit on, okay, why, for example, we are not attracting more people from outside the industry on, in the um, uh, entry-level roles. And the, our reality is that um, our entry-level roles are actually people that we bring from uh, gaming education schools. So there are a lot of gaming education schools, uh, both, uh, um, you know, in Sweden and outside Sweden, we did, we did Europe. So the vast majority of of what we call, let's say, our our juniors, uh, they they start as interns, and we've been historically very very good at at converting them into, let's say, um, you know, um, permanent employees with with us. So I would say that th- this is the reality that, especially. So now I'm speaking about AAA. I guess that there are some, let's say, alleys where you can you can, if you are on that alley, then you have a higher chances to get into the industry. Uh, combined with yeah, uh, in the AAA than in others. So if I would, I would go more towards the truth rather than the myth. This is this is my perspective. Yes, yeah. I, of course, for me, it's depending on the role that you're looking at. Actually, what you want to hire. Um, I think it's also to do with what type of games you're doing, or also what engine you're using as well. It's all depending on that. Um, and if you talk specifically about developers, I, I actually think it's hard for senior developers to get into the industry than juniors. Um, seniors usually need to go down themselves when joining the gaming industry, as they have a lot of good things to learn. Definitely, when you 
want to be a gameplay developer or work in rendering, you usually have new things to learn before you can contribute on the level as you are expected from a senior developer. Uh, if you look at backend developers, it's usually much easier to get into the industry because you can contribute pretty fast because it's more similar on your experience. Uh, but if you look at juniors, you have both master students from universities and also the gaming school that you usually have interns. Uh, they, they, I have had plenty of them with good success, also definitely from the uh, master students. Because we come in with different backgrounds and different experiences from your schools, actually. Uh, but to ask if it's a myth or truth, I think it's sort of still true. But I have hired candidates from outside of the gaming industry with success, uh, even seniors as well, but also with failures. Most of the failures has been more seniors that wanted to work to the actual core game. Uh, but I think that we, of course, in the gaming industry, need to widen our perspective to bring in more diversity also when it comes to experience and knowledge to extend how we develop our games. Uh, and one other factor is that it's really hard to find good candidates today in certain roles, definitely, for example, developers, as we are too few today in the gaming industry. And so we can't fulfill the needs we actually is. So that's my take on it. I, I I completely agree with uh, uh, with what you're saying, uh, Magnus. Also related to, um, for example, when you bring a senior people that have been working in tech potentially on, you know, there there is a different way of of uh, going with compensation um, in tech compared to the games industry, and then um, you know they need to be super super passionate to potentially start from a, a lower position. And as you said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, and we have been, we have been, um, let's say, taking our chances on on this because we go back, it goes back to diversity, and we need to bring different perspectives. And and of course, it's also linked to the to the type of technology that we are using, right? Because uh, we are quite, I mean, we have, of course, it's 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 different, uh, but it needs to be a fit there in terms of programming languages, type of tech, and and so on. So it's it's not an easy one, I would say. Do you guys think that it's justified like when hiring managers are saying that they specifically want someone in gaming? Do you think it's it's justified? Does it depend on the role? Kind of what's your opinion there? I would say that it it absolutely depends on on the role, and it's of course a discussion that we have super early on in the process with the hiring manager. Uh, to understand the profile and to actually decide very early on if someone from outside the industry could be a fit for the role, right? So we know how uh, we we go and where how we go about sourcing and and um, finding this this uh, type of talent. Yeah, I agree. There usually there is the higher managers comes in and want this specific and need to be a certain years in the gaming industry, but I, I think. It is important to widen our perspective. For example, you can take a UI artist. I think we can learn a lot from, for example, from the web industry. I'm, currently, I'm working on pretty UX and UI having games. It's casual puzzle games that are have done these type of things. And they have, they have long, much longer experience and more focus when it comes for the web because there are 
almost not only but a lot of UX and UI. So if you look at UI and UX, I think we actually had a lot of learnings to learn from other industries. Ricardus, do you have anything to add? Like, because you obviously work with a lot of you know young people and you you teach it at school and stuff. So what's you know what's your take on that? Yeah, it's 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 complicated. I mean, uh, very very hard to define some you know very good practice with which would help uh, a lot uh, for that. I mean, the, another thing is that um, the popularity of games as 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 a means of you know as a means of. Uh, playing as players uh, we, we saw that even some companies uh, some IT companies for example started to to put in their ads that uh, they encourage you know uh, gamers to apply and kind of start try to target target uh, gamers to their uh, kind of IT roles so you know uh, that's helping I guess because, uh, like in general, at least at least people are familiar with games from like the uh, like consumer side, uh, not from technical uh, and and development side. So so that could be one way. Um, another another way is uh, another thing I wanted to 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 touch a bit is that uh, um, uh, there is also this uh, this issue that there are very few women in in tech roles. And uh, I, I read I read the research that it's very very connected to to girls playing games uh, because it's discouraged uh, still. And and there was research which which uh, which proved that uh, if if the girls play video games in earlier age, like their interest in these uh, technical studies and technical work increases like dramatically several times. So one one way I guess to kind of uh, address this uh, this issue would be just you know to 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 make games more popular in, in general and to kind of uh, don't uh, don't have this like uh, attachment or like s- stigma to the games that oh they're bad they're a waste of time and uh, that should help i guess okay um so let's move on to elena and your question please yes um uh, what I what I'm interested in is uh, your view on on ensuring how how can we find the balance or uh, I would say a balance between having as diverse profiles as possible um, in a market where we see that the, the trend and the candidate uh, top preference uh, is actually working remote and how do we balance how. How do you think that we can find the balance between between these two? Because in my mind, they are kind of, uh, yeah, they are con- contradictory, or they can harm each other. If I if I can put it like this, can I ask? Um, mm-hmm. Do Do you mean that uh, you know when, when this trend from working at home uh, they became popular, so it uh, we kind of losing the diversity because of that? I, I don't know. I, I, I cannot see that because if I if I'm looking at our specific uh, context, actually, we we've made uh, we've made progress, a lot of progress in terms of, of diversity. Um, in the same time, like I, I I'm wondering if it could become an issue uh, moving moving forward. Um, because, for example, we do see a trend. We do see a trend where. Uh, people are less likely to to relocate compared to to you know years ago. I mean, we've we've managed to to grow the studio, um, you know, to, to double the size even more since 2013. And 
half of our talent uh, had to relocate to Malmo from all over the globe. And we see a decrease in, in people, let's say, uh, availability for relocation and a huge preference to work remote. So I would say that this is also linked, yes, maybe linked to our context where we do have a hybrid model uh, to, you know, to offer flexibility, but we, we do believe that it makes sense for people to be a couple of days a week in, in the studio. So, so this is more also linked to our context. I was curious to have your opinion um to see how we could how we could uh, support our context as well i could i could agree that even like in the now i get the now i get the sense mm-hmm. because it's like a much wider scale but even like in the smaller scale uh, this uh, you know just com- com- complete work uh, from home complete remote work it uh, you are losing on the you know on the cultural side a lot on the interconnection side so, <laughs> like you know uh i'm you know i have really like a Sympathies for HR people because you know how to how to connect everyone remotely, how to keep the how to keep the culture, how to keep the interactions going. So the, I would yeah, I I would agree that this uh, this raises the the issue of 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 you know like a bit longer term uh, problem that you know everybody will be disconnected uh, culturally, diversely, uh, like less less common less common things to to share. Uh, so. But yeah, then, then then again, you know, uh, another side is that you know, kind of forcing people. I mean, people will feel that they are forced uh, now to, to 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 stay at one place uh, after after they could, you know, work remotely during pandemic. Yeah, I would agree because it is part of a culture. It's so hard to build a culture and everyone working from home. You can, for for me or for us at night, we could really feel that. Uh, when we, during the pandemic, everyone were remote. We lost something that we had before that we always needed to rebuild. Uh, but when we, everyone came back, uh, and I strongly believe in a hybrid model, uh, actually, uh, that three days at the office, two days on your own choice. Uh, I think that's a good thing. And I think um, the different company studios need to make their choice because I don't think one fits them all. Um, some people want to work only remotely, even if I, my personal perspective, I don't believe in that because I don't think it's good for the individual in the long run either. Uh, I think you need some uh, colleagues around you as well. Uh, and in the end, also to create the best product, I, I still think you need to meet. But I still think it's a, you don't need to be there five days a week mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes if you're, an example, developer, you have your trust plan for the next sprint, then you maybe can perform better even if you are working from home in your own room or office or wherever it is to get focused. But I still think it's so important for the culture and for the creative products we are creating and that actually need to meet up as well. That's what I'm doing that. For me, it's diversity is even broader than that. I think how you structure um, your your company, for example, I really enjoy flat structure, small autonomous teams, because that's a base of diversity, the base building block, I would say, if you look diversity in more broad perspective, not work from home or at home, uh, home or at the office, it's more of women or men and all type of diversity you can think of. I think it's so easy to, to 
when you have flat structure and autonomous team, you can get more voices heard for that. And you can feel ownership of the product you work and you work on and also feel seen and value at work. And I think that's more of, of that brings diversity than just working remotely. Yeah. But everyone is different. So I'm wondering if, if you know, uh, Elena, from your perspective, maybe you identified uh, which roles maybe work better for this, you know, remote work uh, versus versus, you know, uh, at, at the office, mm. or like or like the timing. Maybe some 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 roles or, uh, or some you know different seniority or different types of roles is kind of easier to to manage in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would say that what what we see uh, what we see within the industry is that, for example. Uh, there is a stronger interest and preference from senior tech people, so we can call it like maybe pure programming, to uh, work uh, from home, so to work uh, fully remote. Um, in the same time, I would say that it depends on the role. If it's maybe a pure tech role, then it's it's a different thing that if it's a role where you need to interact with a lot of other game disciplines, like if you need to interact with game design, animation, audio, um, so I would say that it's, it's, uh, it's again, a, one of those situations where it's, you don't have a one size fits all. So that's why we, we go with this hybrid model to balance, uh, to, to find a balance between, you know, uh, flexibility, time remote, uh, time remote, and also time together as a team in, in the office. Um, so then so far for us, this, this has been going super well, but again, we, we go back to the part, the part that. We we see we see that of course it depends and each company is to find their own uh, recipe for success. We see that there are companies that are going fully remote or um, eighty percent remote. So then I would say that yeah, it makes it hard harder for for people to I don't know to be so willing to relocate to move to the other side of the of the globe. Mm. Yeah, for for my perspective, is that yes, um, some people really want to work remote. But um, I don't know. I, I swore to get maybe I'm all in grumpy, but I really enjoy people work together. It just doesn't matter what type of role you have. I think you need to have uh, colleagues and have uh, in person discussions and dialogues. And also, we just when you go around in the corridor at the coffee machine, the natural chit chat that you have comes up with new ideas or solutions. You don't get that naturally when you work remote you be more of a robot like doing your tasks than be the bigger creative part that you are actually are when you meet everyone in person from this different disciplines different teams and so on another another challenge is that uh, you know okay remote remote work like this no need for relocation it really opens opens a lot of you know doors for especially for you know let's say smaller countries uh, like like ours younger industries uh, but on the other side there is a challenge of of time zones mm-hmm. uh, like for example we have you know former colleagues and, and friends who, who now let's say work with Canada or work with uh, Singapore so then then it becomes that they see their colleagues only online for like one hour or two hours a day. So that's even you even lose like the online time with them. So how how I don't know how to balance that. I mean, uh, is there like a limit of of time zones? How far can you reach? You know, when when working remotely, that would be interesting. Maybe you have some you know 
uh, cases uh, how do you how do you approach that for me uh, it has been really hard uh, where I currently work we, we don't have um, we, we have one more studio that is in Brighton it's just one hour so it's almost nothing uh, if that can also cause problems sometimes in uh, book meetings but I was I have also been working in when we need to have contact with teams and studios on the west coast in the US that's nine hours I think it is uh, and it slows you down the and it, it is also late meetings or really early meetings, but also the, the, the mail changes takes almost one, 24 hours to get a reply. If you are not yeah. working late and waiting for the, the reply to get the, everything smoothing. So it slows it down, but to get it to work, you need, really need to plan and structure your project really, really well and get, have the time to really do that for the sprints or milestones or whatever you're doing, then you can get it work. But as everyone knows, uh, a project is not flawless. Uh, so it will be hiccups. So, so it's, you can make it work, but not in a perfect way, I would say. I just want to go back to um, talking about like diversity, uh, like diverse profiles in a market where working remote is candidates' top preference. I, my assumption is, and in, in my job as a recruiter, when when a role is able to be fully remote, it actually greatly kind of widens the diversity because suddenly there's lots of different kinds of people, lots of different cultures and nationalities. And so I just wanted to ask that particularly to, to Eleanor, that do you find that if you're looking at kind of a role that is remote, in your experience, does it actually make the diverse, the profiles less diverse? I would say uh, I, I believe that this is this is a very very uh, interesting perspective, uh, and I will take this with me. It's super interesting. I would say that looking at how how we work and and again um, um, there is there is a there is a strong preference to have people you know to, to have people within our our framework our way of working, which is to be three days uh, per week in the studio to be with the team. So I would say that it's um, uh, absolutely one. I mean, this solves solves part of the problem that we would be able to potentially increase the diversity by having uh, people uh, working remote. And to some, sometimes it is possible, and sometimes we we can make exceptions. But it really, really depends uh, on the you know it depends on so many things. Um, because again, there is, there is, this is how we want to, to, you know, to, to operate as a studio, to have people, uh, um, in the studio for, yeah, where, uh, they say the most part of the time. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think actually it's open up diversity and definitely because everyone, if you, if you uh, come in time differences, at least Europe for, for us, you can, uh, everyone can, um, apply for a job but still i think it's a choice you need to make uh, what's most valuable for you as a, a company if you want to have computer remote or or not because for example we still have where i'm working today at mag we have 20 plus different nationalities so so that it's not impossible to relocate neither mm. but uh, so, so i think more of a choice of what type of company you want to be because i strongly believe that you create different type of culture and companies or studios when you have computer remote or hybrid or on the office uh, and it, it will attract different type of people as well absolutely all right 
Uh, then last, definitely uh, not least, let's go to Ricardo and your question, please. Um, yeah, thanks. So, yeah, I, I wanted to ask for, you know, opinions and, and your view. How do you feel, you know, in the in the recent year or a bit more, like we had this big, uh, big layoffs in large tech companies. Do you, you know, do you feel already impact from that? Uh, I don't know, in some negative or positive way? Because there was always assumption that, you know, games industry is protected from all these, you know, global shifts mm-hmm. and global changes. But uh, it, it feels that this time we are in this, you know, together with uh, other other industries. And we will we will feel the impact one way or another. So I wanted to ask for your views on that and how do you see it? Elena, maybe you can, can mm-hmm. start. I can start. Um, I've been, been thinking about this and so... I would say that if we if we think about the tech industry per se, so far it has been mostly um, happening in 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 US, and I would say that in technologies that are not necessarily very uh, similar to the ones that we we are using to to develop games. So we haven't seen an influx of people necessarily, you know, we are being interested in in you know migrating to the games industry, and also the other way around. Um, so. Uh, I would say that what's happening necessarily in pure tech uh, in the States hasn't impacted us in any way so far, um, or we haven't seen it. If you if we look at what's happening now in the industry where, of course, we see also in, in North America, because I've seen also in Canada uh, some, some layoffs yesterday, of course, that it's something that um, with Ubisoft being, being global and we have, you know, different studios and in different countries and continents of course uh there is uh, becomes an opportunity for for us hopefully to be able to to attract and bring on board that that talent so uh i would say that that it's that it's more relevant for us than the, the major tech layoffs um and of course i mean we we haven't seen we haven't seen hopefully we will not see similar similar effects in in europe or in sweden for that matter yeah, because I haven't seen any big impacts at all, actually. And that surprised me a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have the same challenges to find good candidates, as always, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the biggest chance I have seen is that it was just after uh, the pandemic. It were a lot of movements, definitely in, in Sweden, probably in, in other countries as well. And that has stopped almost completely right now. Uh, if that is effect of people are scared and stay where they are, uh, I don't know, but uh, it can also be the worries around the world and the inflation and so on as well. But we, I see a big change that the retention had going down a lot and also not only at the company I work in, but also the companies around me as well in, in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From what you know, from what I keep reading and and and, and talking to people, yeah, it's, it still feels that we are somehow somehow protected in in that sense, uh, in 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 many ways and many different angles from that. That one one uh, not direct impact I um, I heard and I, I talked to people that uh, uh, the the companies who worked with outsourcing, it, there is a risk of getting less uh, less work. Because you know the large companies and uh, who typically outsource, um, they now yes. can hire. Yes. They now can hire more people locally. Uh, yes, locally. So that's that. That's one. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm also hoping that that it will not. Uh, it will not come to to Europe in that sense. And it feels. I hope that it's it's like an impact of you know super super active hiring during pandemic. 
and like very very fast growth which is not necessary uh, stays uh, stays in the long term i really hope that it's not like a long trend uh what do you think is this connected to like uh, pandemic and uh, over how to say over hiring during pandemic time or it's a longer term uh, like a uh, trend i really don't know actually uh, but what you can see on the smaller studios or big tech companies that have big investors uh, they probably want to get money back now and when everyone everything is more expensive they I can see fewer and fewer studios uh, starting up because it had been popping up so many studios around the Stockholm area uh, for the last couple of years, and now they are much, much, much fewer. It's still popping up, but much fewer. So, so it's harder to get money, I think, as well. And the one that uh, have big investors want to see results now, and that's also can cause the layoffs as well. Why do you think that Europe has been protected or, or um, has not been as impacted as North America? Do you think it's something to do with laws? Is the market better here? Oh, why do you think it hasn't? I happened? don't believe that the market is better, but one for sure. I mean, I mean, of course, if we think, if we look at Sweden, we have a completely different, uh, let's say, different regulations and uh, laws compared to United States when it comes to to labor law and you know to how you perform layoffs and, and so on. So this could also be, be one one reason, of course, it's very, very... Um, but if we look, also if we look at numbers, we see that the, the very big company in tech, they've grown, they almost doubled their size in one or two years or even more. So they, I would say that maybe that could, could be, one thing could be that the companies in, in Europe, maybe they didn't have, you know, the... Uh, the let's say the power to to ramp up so quickly and potentially you know um, maybe too quick so therefore we are hopefully in a much better position here in Europe. Of course, now we are talking in general. It's not uh, yeah, but as Magnus as Manon say, we have the same. I mean, you know, on one way it's it's interesting because we see that so many people are laid off uh, in in North America. At the same time, we do have. Uh, the same challenges to find the best the best talent for for our projects. It's uh, it's not extremely easy <laughs> or not easy at all. I would say. No. <laughs> What's the talent that is the most difficult to find at the moment, like in today's market? Developers, as always in my mind, but it's not easy to find uh, artists neither. Um, but I would say developers because, as I said, we have a hard time to get in developers into the industry, but it's also that our industries are stealing developers as well. It's, it's the same pool when it comes to right. engineers, I would say. So, so, and we have so many big tech companies as well. In Stockholm, you have uh, everything from Klarna to, to Spotify to Ericsson. It's so many huge companies with those roles. So have a need, have a need of a lot of the engineers. So it's that as well, uh, I would say, and a lot of new startups and uh, new studios. So developers. Uh, in in my in my circle, you know, in, in, there is uh, this uh, role keep popping up. It's technical artists. As you know, the industry grows, uh, companies become more complicated, the projects become bigger. There is suddenly demand for 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 such talent, and uh, we really don't have uh, a lot of people like that because how you know. Uh, how how to come to this role? It's it's like very very interesting path. Like you need to do like very very specific set of skills. 
So even though it's not like in the large numbers in demand, but it's so specific and such an interesting uh, area that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we keep talking about that and how to how to address this issue, how to get uh, such people in general. I agree, actually. I didn't thought about it, but yeah, taking artists uh, is not easy to find. Definitely not experience and good ones. Uh, and I, I say that I agree with everything <laughs> that has been said so far in the sense that we see that it was um, a couple of years ago, it was a discussion that, you know, if we look, for example, at the, the, the automotive industries or, you know, the way to make it simple, the car, the cars, uh, everything becomes very much tech, right? So the, um, there are a lot of different, there are a lot of different markets and industries that, that we are competing with for the, for the tech talent. So this is one thing. And I would say that for us, it's also about, you know, specialized, um, highly specialized and senior talent combined with the fact that, yes, we have quite high, um, let's say standards. So, so it's also about finding, um, you know, uh, putting the time to find, um, the, the, you know, the, the high level of the quality as well and mix that with diversity. And, you know, so it needs to be, it needs to be like, um, uh, like a, a full recipe to succeed and and to bring people people on board. Okay. Um, then we have a, an extra question. So, with this question, how do you balance between hiring for culture and hiring for skills and expertise? So, in my experience, it doesn't matter if I'm speaking to a client who's uh, looking to hire or a candidate uh, who is looking, um, you know, for the next project, they both parties say the same thing about culture and how important it is to have a good team, a communicative team. And obviously the gaming industry is a passion industry. So we're, we're all nerds one way or another, right? So how do you guys balance between hiring for that culture, making sure someone is a good cultural fit, but then also making sure that they have the skills and the expertise you know, do you guys think that one is more important than the other? Is it possible to find someone who fits, you know, both perfectly? What would you do in a situation where someone fits the culture perfectly, maybe doesn't quite have the skill, has the skill, doesn't quite fit culturally? What are your opinions on that? Um, Magnus, if you want to go first. Uh, for me, first of all, what is culture? Uh, I've actually asked myself that question a lot because you can see it in so many different types of perspectives. But in my mind, 90% of the culture coming from how you work, work in a structure, structure as an organization, that's the base that are growing the culture. Um, for example, I believe in flat structure and self-leadership. Uh, I don't like titles because that naturally creates hierarchy. Uh, here at Mag, we only have developers and artists, for example, uh, so we don't have software engineer one, software engineer two, and so on and so on. And of course, you need some certain roles like studio art lead or studio tech lead that help us to develop the crafts and set the direction for the company. Uh, but that also means that somebody who is more comfortable and like to work in an organization where you have more strict titles and ladders to, to climb can have a hard time to navigate in this type of organization and therefore it's not the culture fit. So it's so depending on what you feel comfortable to work type of environment, I would say. Um, but when I interview a candidate, I'm not only looking for a perfect culture fit. I also try to see if there is something that could be added to our current culture that can broaden our culture in a, in a better way or next step we want to, to help give our culture because culture is 
continue to develop your culture as a company. That said, for me, it's, it is important, important and something I always look at during the interview. If it is a culture fit or not, if it's not a culture fit, I will not hire that candidate. Okay. So for me, skill and expertise are really important, of course, but I put the heavier weight on the culture part and what the candidate can add to our current culture. That's the most important. I would say, uh, from my perspective, um, I would say that when I, I see a risk when we refer to culture, because when what is culture, it becomes very vague. So I also, and I would say that here, there is a risk maybe to miss on diversity and to uh, potentially focus on hiring people that are very similar to us. And again, we miss on diversity, right? Um, so how we, we look at it, of course, um, it's, it's more in terms of people that are aligned with our values. Um, so that, you know, it's, it's a matter of values that are, uh, we, we, we have it described it in, in, you know, behaviors and we have, uh, competence-based, um, uh, interviews and, and, and so on. But also, um, again, looking, trying to, 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 let's say to, to mix this one with, of course, maybe other people that could bring something else positive and contribute to our values and maybe expand our values and, and so on, on one side. Uh, when it comes to skills, um, we do work a lot with with practical tests, right? So we have, I would say, a good way to, okay, what is the, the say, the base level for skills? But we would never hire someone that is exceptional at skills and and they are not aligned with our with our values. So that will not happen. The other way around, if we see, because we 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 do have uh, cases when we find people that let's say, uh, you know, um, we we see that they 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 bring a lot um, to to the team, um, not necessarily from a, let's say from a skills or or an experience perspective, but from a personality perspective, uh, from you know. Uh, again, very much aligned with our values. And in that case, it depends. It depends on where we are, you know, with our projects. Is that a, a good timing to bring someone that maybe we need a lot of training, coaching and so on. So, um, but we, we've seen, we've seen this, I would say, when we, um, uh, brought people from outside, from other industries, let's say, it may be not so senior roles. So that it's, I would say, one example where, okay, it's, it's becomes more hiring for, let's say, for, um, a fit with with who, with with what we value at Massive, rather than okay, how knowledgeable are you about the job itself? Okay, will you maybe you will not be able to perform from I don't know day one or after you know the onboarding, but you will need you will need significant training. So, uh, yeah, I, I cannot I cannot I guess you know from talking to people uh, another thing well, what comes in mind is is that also talking about fitting for the team. Of, of the uh, of the company of the industry I mean what what kind of games are they working with or what kind of projects are they working with so kind of you know uh, to to feel more natural with the topic uh, you know there are there might be you know several examples uh, like uh, for example kids games like a niche and and some people feel very very cool and and, and good working with kids games but some some don't so yeah, that's like an additional layer on on top of on top of you know skills and and cultural fit as as a pers persons as a you know company forming the, their own way. But also, I feel it uh, more and more important if you have a choice. You know, if you have a choice as a person, uh, then 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 you know one one way to look at it is yeah to 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 see if the if the topic if the team if it's well. 
Uh, for the companies, this is the same, you know. If if there is more choice in candidates, uh, across companies, you know, try to align all all of these things, uh, all of these things together. So as the, as the industry grows, as there is like more and more choice from both sides, I think it, it's it's you know it's going it's going the right direction. I mean, we feel it really uh, in recent years as a still let's say a bit younger industry. We feel that there is more and more effort put from both sides to kind of uh, go a bit deeper into uh, into you know like uh, into finding each other, let's say. <laughs> company and, and the candidate into you know taking more taking more care about um, uh, uh, getting uh, how to say getting more knowledge before joining the company or before hiring the person like earlier it was yeah very simple you 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 know you fit the you fit the role you fit the skills let's go but now it feels that there is this more you know, more natural process and more detailed process of of yeah of uh, hiring and joining the companies mm-hmm. yeah for me it is it's it's so hard and takes so long time to build a really nice and good culture uh, at the company but it's so easy it can go really fast to completely destroy a good culture uh, so that's why i think culture is so important uh, when it comes that it is a culture fit uh, or if it is something you want to add to a culture when you hire someone because it takes time uh, to build up a good working atmosphere. I would say that from my perspective, very interesting to listen to to everyone's opinions. I got some uh, good insights. I will, I will take this with, with me as, as reflections. Really, I guess that it, it's, yeah, it's more of a discussion rather than trying to solve all these problems, right? So everything remains uh, open-ended. <laughs> I agree, uh, and I really enjoy talking to other people to get all the other perspective because your own perspective is usually not the the best perspective or solution or whatever you're looking at. You need to have the influence from everyone else. So it's really interesting to hear what you thought about the different question actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, this this topic, you know, connected to HR, it's. Uh... Needs more attention in in every angle because yeah we, we keep talking about you know development or art and then this kind of feels that it's sometimes it's left behind especially this like uh, softer parts of of the of the topic like culture and uh, you know the themes and how people diversity uh, so it's it's very cool that you kind of phrase it um, thanks yeah I mean if we were able to solve all of these issues we could all quit our jobs and then just become sort of consultants and just travel around the world telling gaming studios how to fix their problems so yeah don't, don't there's no pressure to that degree all right so before we end the podcast just want to say thank you so much to uh, our guests for sharing their thoughts to, in today's conversation so again we've had Magnus from uh, Mag Interactive We've had Ricardus from the Lithuanian Game Developers Association, and we've had Elena from Massive Entertainment and Ubisoft Studio. So if you are hiring for new technical roles or if you are looking for a new role, please please feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can always drop me a message as well. I'm Melanie, and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.linzy at evolution-nordics.com. Or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thank you again to all of our guests and thank you guys for listening. And we hope that you can join us next time.